Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're going to rock it down to the bayou uh, and talk to a uh, fairly recli- uh, re- frequent contributor to the uh, Jody Mac show. He's uh, been good enough to come on plenty over the last several years. If you want NFL info, there's no better place to go than footballguys.com. And the co-owner and lead contributor to said website joins us, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. How you been, Sig? Good, and things are feeling more normal, as normal as they can, with training camp, fire hose of news, a uh, lot of things to ponder as we're hearing players injured or the form they have in training camp, new coaches, uh, organizations in new directions. So that's keeping us occupied. Understood. Now, uh, on your website, you're a uh, not only a writer, but also a bit of an in- NFL inside information guy. Uh, the way of gathering that inf- information has certainly changed this year like never before. Um, you can't get inside camps. You can get on a Zoom conference, but the phone is always good. Has doing what you do been harder, significantly harder, ridiculously harder? How would you describe how the pandemic has affected what you do day in and day out? It's certainly more difficult to have specific information on player injuries. I think that teams, some more than others, are cracking down on reporters talking about specific scenarios, uh, formations, players participating. I think the Packers even went as far to say, don't say who's on the first, second, or third team. So it's definitely more obscured. I like to say, Jody, that in a lot of ways, we we peek through keyholes when we watch the NFL and teams don't want us to know things. I know Kyle Shanahan for one has gone a lot more secretive this year. Teams are cracking down on videos coming out of practice, but at the same time, just like uh, people in the industry, the journalists, it's about relationships. So maybe things that people can't say publicly, they can say privately. Uh, but as far as a fantasy point of view, it may help us by not getting too distracted by the shiny objects like big plays in the preseason or training camp hype that overtakes our hard-bought views on a player before training camp changes everything. Now, uh, you mentioned the uh, clampdown on injury news. They've taken a page out of the NHL's book with upper and lower body injuries. Right. Not, nothing more, uh, annoyed me more than the way the NHL, NHL handled injuries, and now you get the exact same thing in the NFL. But, uh, hey, in a pandemic, uh, people know you can take some, uh, push some boundaries and take some risk, and that's exactly what the NFL is doing. You mentioned the shiny gold object, big plays in the preseason. You're right, and I know people who fall prey to it in trying to put together fantasy football teams year in and year out. However, no preseason games means a hell of a lot less practice and work against an opponent. 
how is it going to affect the first couple of weeks of the season when teams come in for the first time going against somebody who really does mean to do damage and or stop them, having to uh, just be able to turn on the switch and be ready to go? How bad are the first couple seasons, uh, couple weeks going to look of this season? We should be prepared for it to be really bad, like like the preseason, basically. September could be the preseason. And some of the things we'll watch closely are players coming back from off-season surgeries who haven't really been able to test their recovery, uh, teams that have new coordinators, new head coaches, how well have the schemes been installed, how well do the players know the playbook, even chemistry between quarterbacks and new receivers, whether it's uh, the quarterback or the receiver, that's the new part of that equation. Um, rookies, of course, uh, certainly that's whenever a lot of rookies show that they're here to stay is in the preseason when they really pop. And, and sometimes teams will put them back in bubble wrap after that. We're not getting that extra added early information on the rookies. So we're going to watch them closely. And then on the flip side of it, Jody, the teams with continuity, the teams like the Saints, the Bills, uh, these teams, the Steelers, now that Ben Roethlisberger's back, these teams might have an edge in the first month of the season because they just said it and forget it. They've been doing this for a while. So, you know, watching, say, for instance, that Saints-Bucks game in week one where the Bucks have all that new energy with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. But with Saints, they know it's now or never to win that Super Bowl. That's already something to look forward to. I want to get to Gronkowski and Brady in a bit, but uh, let me put that aside for just a second. Uh, You mentioned continuity, and for anyone who's asked me this year, be it here on CBS or if I'm doing a show in New York or down in Philadelphia, I think the Eagles have a major advantage in the NFC East because not only do they have the uh, coaching staff in place that they've had, and they changed out the OC, uh, so it's not exactly the same staff, and Shoot, they changed staffs after they won the Super Bowl. So there's been some change, but Doug Peterson is ahead of it, and a lot of the guys have been there all throughout Doug's tenure. Whole new staff in Dallas, whole new staff in Washington, whole new staff in New York with the Giants. How big an advantage is that for the Eagles? It's a big advantage. And I think the team to watch is the Cowboys because Mike McCarthy might be different in his reincarnation as a head coach. He kept Kellen Moore, and he said he's the one that has to learn the most about the offense. It's not like he's coming in and putting his system in. And he has a dream team of assistant coaches. He basically picked and chose the assistant coaches that he wanted. And this team is set up now with that offense, with the defense, maybe in a 2009 Saints kind of way, a gambling opportunistic defense. They signed Everson Griffin. That was something that... Perfect. I mean, it really, the ideal signing for them. And Alden Smith is getting tremendous reviews out of training camp. So if you add them in to replace Robert Quinn, who's now with the Bears, you have the pass rush. You have some changes in the secondary. But I think that the Cowboys are a team that could have a new sense of possibilities with Mike McCarthy. That being said, the Eagles with the Darius Slate trade, with Jalen Rager, hopefully a healthy Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, it sounds like he's got his head on straight now. So some of the things that plagued the offense last year might be lifted. Some of the things that plagued the defense this year might get a lot better. It's going to be an excellent battle, maybe not one that a team wins by default like it went last year. Sigmund Bloom from footballguys.com, our guest here on uh, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Making up of rosters. 
Mm-hmm. How big a disadvantage are undrafted free agents facing here? If you use the draft pick on a guy, uh, even a seventh rounder is a draft pick rather than someone who wasn't picked. Um, veteran guys who have been in the league and know what it's all about, whether it's with the team or with another team, had signed as a free agent. I got to believe they're at a major advantage that the coaching staff, because they're not going to have exhibition games to evaluate with, are going to be leaning toward guys who've already been in the league and been there and done that. This is a brutal year for undrafted free agents because exactly the issues you lay out, Jody. The good news for them is the practice squad was expanded to 16, I think, and now they've moved the deadline up to an hour and a half before kickoff that a team can promote a practice squad player. I believe if it's coronavirus-related, uh, uh, inactive. So there's a few ways for practice squad players to get more opportunities this year and for there to be more of them. So some of those undrafted free agents will stick around. But yeah, I think that this year, and I do think the other thing about September, we didn't talk about Jody, is there'll be more injuries. I think there'll just be more injuries from players not being up to speed yet and not having the way that the slow burn of camp gets them ready for week one. So I believe players that can play multiple positions, as you said, veterans, where you know exactly what you're getting, familiarity with the scheme, familiarity with the coaching staff and teammates. Uh, It's going to be more of a precedent this year. But by the end of the year, we may see a lot of these undrafted guys not just getting a roster spot, but getting playing time. Understood, because we don't know how the coronavirus is going to affect the NFL. We know what they're doing in practice. We know that they're protecting the players the best they can. When you get down to NFL Sundays, there's a whole bunch of hitting and piling on top and exchanging of fluids and the like. So we don't know what's going to say for positive tests once they get the season underway. So a larger group of players, probably than ever before, may very well be needed. How how big will a man on the street list be? Coaches have uh, binders in their desk of guys who aren't on the practice squad, but they know a little bit. They may like a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe at one time they had them in a camp. How many of those guys are actually, even though they're not going to be part of teams to start the season, may very well do their best to stay in shape because the call could come? It's why we're watching this tryout list now that players – can try out for teams again, because I think some of that is to put their name in that black book if they need them. And Jody, in a typical year in the NFL, teams are relying on players come December, not just teams that are getting to the end of the season to get their top five pick. Teams that go to the playoffs sometimes are relying on players that they never intended to rely on when the season started. So that ability to manage your roster is going to be more important. And you know, Jody, looking ahead with the cap at best, flat next year. It's probably going to go down. Teams that can get production and value out of those cheap veterans, those undrafted free agents are going to be uh, definitely having an advantage over teams that have trouble finding those diamonds in the rough and getting that last bit of good football out of a veteran. So that's something where you know, a team like the Patriots comes to mind as a team that always seems to find those cheap players and get good football out of them. One more general uh, coronavirus question, and then I'll ask you a couple of specific team-related yeah. questions. Fans in stands. As of where we sit right now, it seems to be yes in some cities and stadiums, no in others. Almost all of them are to be determined, but we can only go by where we're at right now. 
it just seems to me woefully unfair to the teams that are playing in towns that have already had states and uh, individuals in power say, listen, we're not going to allow anyone to gather in groups as compared to other states. They're going, yeah, we'll figure out a percentage. If you can give us a plan as to how you're going to keep everybody safe. There's no reason why we can't let some people in. Is the NFL going to stick to their guns and just go, hey, this is out of our hands? If nothing else, Roger Goodell has been a power-hungry guy throughout his tenure as commissioner. Now he's just going to say, well, it's out of my hands, and we're going to let the individual cities and states decide. I don't see how they could change it at this point. And there's enough uniformity, Jody, that I don't think we're going to see more than, what, 20,000, 15,000 fans at any stadium, at least for the first month or two of the season. And it'll be something to watch as I expect home field advantage to evaporate, certainly for the defenses that can feed off of the noise, creating confusion for quarterbacks. Again, especially those new quarterbacks or new offenses, but also there's a real effect on the umpire from inside on the referees and home calls or otherwise the crowd can influence them. So they talk about piping in, crowd noise, but that's not the kind of hostile crowd noise that referees are afraid of stoking up sometimes during a game. So I think we will probably see certainly people that uh, like to bet on football, that if the lines continue to reflect a home field advantage that just doesn't play out on the field, that seems like something you can take advantage of. Understood. Uh, Sigmund Bloom, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right. What the hell happened in Baltimore with Earl Thomas, as best you know? Uh, not his first altercation with a teammate, uh, not participating in the offseason program. And, you know, this is a team that has designs on being a Super Bowl team. This is a team that doesn't really have that established veteran leader like a Ray Lewis. So I think that Mark Ingram, Earl Thomas, these are very important players as far as setting the energy for a team. And I think that maybe we're seeing, you know, the Cowboys may have dodged a bullet. Some of these teams that we're looking at, Earl Thomas, might have dodged a bullet, that he's not creating team cohesiveness. And it might be something that's not apparent to us from the outside. But if teammates, the leadership council, are going to the team and saying, this guy is not going to help us win, it's going to be a net negative to have him, then that's something that the team has to listen to. And Steve Biscotti has been the kind of owner that really from the moment he took that team over, deferred to the football people. So I do think he'll defer to them. And it's a tough decision, but where you have Super Bowl dreams, then you have that irritant. It's not going to make uh, the pearl come out of the oyster. Do you think they he did enough to uh, help Baltimore get the contract wiped out $10 million this year for conduct detrimental? Well, that's probably something that's going to be decided by an arbitrator. You know, that's the argument they're going to want to make. Um, it, it, look, just the weird knowing about this and talking about this tells me that this has probably been set in motion. So I, you know, I think you probably will find some sort of settlement. What did the Patriots get back from Antonio Brown, like $4 million or something like that? So you'll probably have some sort of meet in the middle result because it's not egregious. But at the same time, it's something if your teammates are asking for you to be released. Fair enough. Uh, Sigmund Bloom from FootballGuys.com, our guest. All right, Sigmund, without college football this year, 
for basically half the country. As of right now, right. Uh, the big five conferences, three are going to try. Two have already packed it in. A bunch of the other ones where you get players who are drafted into the NFL have also said we're not playing football this fall. How is that going to – what is – it's pure speculation, so I'm asking you to do just that for me. But what's next year's draft going to look like? Probably teams being cautious. The NFL doesn't like the unknown. So you're going to see teams being very cautious. And I would expect that the organizations that are solid, the teams that are deferential to their scouting staffs, the teams that did well, this isn't really that foreign right now, Jody, because teams had to go forward with this year's draft without the pro days, without the workouts that they were used to getting. And some teams embraced it. I think the Ravens were one of them and said, hey, this is just like drafting was in the 70s or 80s. We're, we don't mind. Go on film, and that's enough. So I do think that there are players like Joe Burrow that don't have that extra year to really show teams what they can do. But at the same time, it's still going to come back to skill and, and teams really believing the people that they pay to make these decisions. All right, about four days ago, uh, widespread rumor that Yannick Ngakwe was on the verge of being dealt by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then about 48 hours later, the general manager came out and said, I don't know where the hell they're getting their information because he's not that close to being traded. I'm not in conversation. If somebody could tell me who he's being traded to, I appreciate it greatly, saying he's the guy who's got to pull the trigger. Uh, Understood these things happen from time to time, but... Is Jacksonville playing their cards right here? No one's getting a ton of work time in. He's sitting at home uh, refusing to show up at their training camp with the uh, tag sitting on top of his head. How's this all going to shake out? Well, whether they're playing their cards right depends on what you see as their objective. If this is like a parenting situation where you saw what happened with Jalen Ramsey and you want to make it clear to the other players that you can't have upper hand in determining your destiny, we're in control of your destiny, then I think that's the message that's being sent. The, the rumor, I think, was Michael Lombardi, a former executive, that got that out there. Now, that's something that easily could have gotten out there because a team wanted to force another team into action. Uh, as We often see the subterfuge around the draft. Uh, I don't know that anyone's going to pay a second-round pick for Yannick Ngakwe, especially while Jadavian Clowney is still out there. And those questions of whether he'll back off on his salary demands of $15 million or probably not paying this year. Uh, and when Clowney got traded in this point in the calendar last year, the Texans had to pick up about half of his paycheck to do that. So are the Jags willing to do that? I doubt it. They've gotten a lot of picks already by unloading guys like A.J. Boye and Clayus Campbell and other players that they didn't see fitting into their future. I hope they still see players like Ngakwe fitting into their future. At the same time, if he doesn't want to be there, that creates an untenable situation. I think the Jags are basically trying to draw a line and say, we're not going to have another Jalen Ramsey situation, and they're not going to back down. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Ngakwe play this year. All right, last thing, and uh, you touched on it earlier, and I said I wanted to get back to it. We know what Tom Brady and Gronk look like in New England. Is it going to look similar, completely different? Couldn't tell if they weren't in the same <laughs> uniforms. How is that connection going to work down in Tampa? I think it'll be similar in the red zone. I think it'll be similar 
in high leverage situations like no huddle drives at the end of the half or in the fourth quarter. I do think we're going to see a lot of O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, even Anthony Auclair, a blocking tight end. You're going to see a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, and I do think you're also excited to watch this team. Again, the first week, the schedule maker setting us up with Bucks and Saints. I mean, that could be an NFC championship preview. Uh, so it, it, I do expect everybody to have a new energy, including Brady himself. Uh, Bruce Arians is the kind of head coach that's going to let his guys play. He's not going to try to put clamps on them or fit them into a system. So that's exciting to hear. And the defense, they brought back all the key players. Uh, so this is the, I think it was the moment of the offseason, Jody, when the most adrenaline was released. The, you could feel the wave go through the NFL ecosystem that Tom Brady was going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And I look forward to seeing what happens. It'll be a great story no matter how it turns out. Sigmund, if you'd be so kind, we'd love to have you on in yeah. a couple of weeks for well, uh, yeah. fantasy purposes because you are one of the best fantasy guys that I know. And uh, they're going to have a season and everybody's going to have a fantasy season as well. Yeah. So you're going to need a helping hand for that if you'd be so kind. Be my pleasure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.